What's up, my beautiful Thrive Tribe? Hope all is well. Listen, your girl is back. I'm back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. Listen, this is a bonus episode because I have been interviewing some of the incredible co-authors inside of an upcoming anthology called Elevation to Queen Status Next Level by my homegirl, my sis, the apostle, Yolanda Mitchell, okay? So she, along with seven other amazing women powerhouses, have written this dynamic book that is releasing in December of 2023, y'all. And so she hit me up. She was like, girl, do you mind interviewing my co-authors? And I was like, let's do it. So I'm super excited for this episode because I get to introduce to you all Apostle Carolyn Washington. Now, let me tell y'all something. (laughs) Apostle Carolyn came with the fire okay like literally when we did this interview i promise you okay she was ministering to me and didn't even know it when i okay let me tell you you ever had one of those encounters with people where they just start speaking certain things and you like all right god you ain't gotta you know what i'm saying like you ain't gotta do me like this you know what i'm saying like you ain't gotta gut punch me you ain't gotta you ain't gotta send the confirmations like this you ain't gotta do that you ain't got to do that, right? Like, that's how I felt talking to this amazing queen because I was like, for real? So that's what we going to do? I mean, her story is absolutely incredible. Her journey is absolutely incredible. And the name of her chapter is A Queen's Journey to Destiny. And so y'all are in for a treat. You're about to hear from Apostle Carolyn, who is just going to share her journey of really not only discovering her God-given purpose and how God turned her pain into ministry, but you're going to hear a little bit about her chapter and some of the nuggets that she is dropping in this particular chapter. So listen, grab your paper, grab your pen, grab your favorite drink and tune in to another bonus episode of Hey Queen Thrive season three. And you already know I'll be back shortly with what? Thriving Nuggets. Stay tuned. What's up, Thrive Tribe? Hope all is well. Listen, y'all are in for a treat because I have the honor of interviewing my girl, Yolanda Mitchell's co-authors for her upcoming book, Elevation to Queen Status Next Level. So I got one of her co-authors in the building today, Miss Carolyn. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Miss Lee. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So you got to tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, my um, my name is um, Carolyn Washington, but I'm known as Apostle, uh, Prophetess, Mama Carolyn. Um, whatever you call me is fine. My, my destiny is to ensure that everybody reach their purpose. Um, I'm a native of Newark, New Jersey, um, a graduate of the famous HBCU, FAMU, Highest of Seven Hills, uh, magna cum laude. Um, I'm also an upcoming uh, author, uh, a mother of two boys, one previously died mm-hmm. at the uh, age of 17 in a car wreck, and um, one is living. And um five grandchildren, two that are my biological, three that I just call my uh, grandchildren. I worked for state government for 33 and a half years, um, managing federal grants, millions, billions of dollars. And I recently just went back to work uh, with the state government probably about two years ago as an accountant. it, loving that, just don't like getting up in the morning, going to work. I was so used to uh, sleeping in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Well, first, my condolences on the passing of your son. Um, I think it's just absolutely knowing that and then knowing that you're here to like share a little bit about your journey. That 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 is so courageous. So I just want to tell you that publicly, that that is courageous of you to show up still in the midst of what you're going through and thank you for being that courageous um so i'm excited i'm excited to get to know you so i have this question i love to ask all my guests and that is what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving 
Well, I see a queen as thriving as one that has gone through a lot, mm-hmm. but in the end, they've came out on top and they have learned that whatever they had to deal with in life, when life dealt them hard blows, they picked themselves up and they moved into the queenly status, knowing mm. who they are, whose they are, and what their purpose is in life. Come on. Come on. I love it. You like you said you got life pick, you go through life, and then you get you pick yourself up and you move into queenly status. I love that. I absolutely love that because I think that sometimes when life gets the life in, we still we forget that you're still a queen even though yes. life is life in. So you got to figure out how to still move even in the midst of life happening to you. So I absolutely love that. So season three of my show, God said we were going to have this beautiful conversation about discovering our God-given purpose. So talk to us about your journey, Ms. Carolyn. So I, I want to back up to 27 years ago was when my life changed forever. Mm. Um, at the news of, you know, bearing a, um, a 17 year old. And we always think that our children are supposed to bury us. But I can remember finding my place to know that there was a purpose for why I went through that. And it was just not for me, but it had to be for someone else. Mm-hmm. So as I as I went through life, I found my place in the kingdom and my place in the kingdom was I started with feeding the homeless from the homeless to starting a children's ministry and the housing projects where I was um, mentoring girls from the age of five to 18. And I won their parents over as well as their son, the the boys. Mm -hmm. And then I went from that to being a guardian at Leiden for 11 years. But I didn't stop there. The Lord sent me into the prisons and Mm -hmm. I was in the prisons for 20. I've been doing prison ministry for 23 years. And when I began to share my story and hear their story, I realized that there was more, more that God was calling me to. Mm -hmm. And so I had to pick myself up and there was no time for me to think about me, but I knew that God was taking me on a journey. And as I allowed God to take me on the journey, God began to, to use me to help those that dealt with pretty much what I went through. But even in the midst of that four years after that, my, my best friend, my mom died. Mm. And so that that was devastating for me, even though God had prepared me for it. I just wasn't ready to let go because that meant I was left as the oldest to make sure that the three younger ones dealt with it. And so from from there, I began to see what God was doing and where he was taking me. And so I I came to understand that as I was going through all of this, what I was going through was nothing compared to what others were going through when you listen to their story. My story was nothing. When when you you listen to them tell you about um, their parents put them on drugs at Mm -hmm. young ages, um, alcohol, they were molested, they were raped um, at young ages. But my my story was nothing. And so I learned from that point on that whatever I I went through, it was never for me. And I saw myself like uh, David did Uriah. Mm -hmm. I saw myself like um, Uriah being put on the front line. And that's one of the things that I talk about in, in the book. I talk about how you're on the front line. The front line is the place where chaos breaks out. The front line is a place where you see all kind of havoc. The front line is a place where you have fear. The front line is a place where there's doubt. 
the front line is the place where the enemy comes and he tries to wear you down and take mm -hmm. you out, even uh, in getting caught up in relationships, of uh, domestic violence relationships, um, divorce. And so I saw myself like David, God, you allowed me to stay here, but you didn't allow me to stay here and just die. And in Come the on. midst of my relationship, I was in a place in the church, but the church was not in me. Mm. But but I found my place in the church because the more I went, the more the relationship developed between me and God, um, the more I would spend time with God and then God would allow me to know that what I went through, that was a reason why I went through it. And in the midst of me going through, I didn't focus on what was happening in my life. I got busy um, pouring back into to, uh, society. I began to go to the um, the old folks home and take gifts to the, to the elderly. I began to spend a lot of time with the elderly, a lot of time with uh, kids in the projects. Um, I can remember going to the court uh, mm -hmm. for some children where their, their mother and father were not around, but I would represent them. And I remember I was in the um, restaurant one day eating and I noticed this young man watching me and I kept saying to myself, why is he watching me? I'm an old lady. And he said to me, he got up and he said to me, is your name Miss Carolyn? I said, yeah. He said, you don't remember me. And I said, I don't. He said, "Um, you know, he told me who he was. Yeah. And he said, you went to court with me. He mm. said, but I said, if I ever see you, I was going to tell you that you made a difference in my life. I went on to pro play pro football. Wow. And I just want you to know we're standing in the restaurant in the middle of the floor. He's embracing me and I'm embracing him. And we're crying because mm. just going to court with him was enough for him to change his yeah. life. And so my, my purpose being the queen that I am and my purpose um, for writing what I wrote, the queen's journey to destiny is to let us know, even though some things do come up, that's why I love the scripture, Ephesians 6, 10 and 17, where it tells us how to dress ourselves in all these different types of armor. As we dress ourselves daily, we're going to learn how to fight the strategies of the enemy. We know that he comes to kill, mm -hmm. he comes to destroy. Yeah. And so if he can kill, steal, and destroy, that's his job. But we ourselves as the queens that we are, there's a journey that we have to get to before we can reach our destiny. And yeah. many of us Many of us, and I talked about this in, in the book also, many of us bend down and we buckle our knees with our shields held up in front of us while we're sitting behind our shield of faith. And then we have all these arrows that's being shot at us. And yeah. so the, the purpose of the enemy is to shoot arrows, but the arrows come to make you strong if you can just know that whatever you're dealing with, because you know, some people say, how can you um, minister and how can you you smile? How can you um, move on and knowing that you buried a child? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what God said to me, Carolyn, he was never yours. Mm, come on. I only loaned him to you for a little while. He took me back to the day of the funeral. He began to show me the children coming from the left, the right, and all down the aisle. As they were coming, they were hugging me. Um, my oldest son was uh, in my lap and he was crying. The kids were coming, hugging us, embracing us. And then uh, I can remember this lady told me that she went into a uh, trance 
and she said she got a letter from my son and she began to tell me what my deceased son was saying about to look around and see the love that God gave him. He gave back, look around. Yeah. And she said about that time was when everybody just began to embrace me and my son. And she said, my oldest son got up and uh, it took about 15 people to get him off the casket because he was um, having a hard time. Yeah. But she said, as he was talking, he was saying to us, mama, look around. I need you and my brother to look around. Even though I'm gone, my spirit is still here. Look mm -hmm. at the love. Yeah. There are still some of his friends now that I'm in contact with. Um, we, you know, we don't talk about it because it's still hard for them and it's still hard for me. But I know that God doesn't make a mistake. Yeah. I know that it's, you have to realize that when the enemy knows that there is destiny in you, he does everything that he can to keep you from moving to the place that God calls you to. And if he can wear you out, the Bible says Come on. that the, the, the enemy comes to wear out the saints. Mm -hmm. I could have stopped there and, and, and grieved. I could have stopped there and not done anything that God had called me to. But what God did was he took my tragedy and Come he on. turned it into triumph where I can reach souls. God gave me a ministry called Gracefully Broken. Mm. I have a ministry on Clubhouse called Gracefully Broken. God took my humility. Yeah. And he gracefully broke me. Yeah. That now I can gracefully break others. Mm. And that's what I do. I take what I my tragedy and I turned it into loving God's people right where they are. It doesn't matter to me that you're on drugs. It doesn't matter to me that you're on alcohol. I have my my son that is living, he just don't know it yet. Mm. I'm still praying, but he is an evangelist. God mm -hmm. ordained evangelist because he will send those that are on drugs, those are that are trying to be delivered, those that are selling drugs, he will send them to his mama and have his mama to pray for them and speak life over them. He wow. brags about his mama. And I told him, um, well, next year I'm opening a church and the name of the church will be called um, Gracefully broken international mm. ministries. I have a lot of um, spiritual sons and daughters that are from different um, nations. Um, Ghanaian, my pastor is a Ghanaian. Um, mm -hmm. I have a young pastor that's uh, African. He's a Ghanaian. And um, I've learned so much from their, their nations. I couldn't understand. I remember when God called me but he, he told me what my name was, but he also told me that I call you an apostle, a prophet to the hmm. nation. Wow. I didn't understand how I was going to get there. Yeah. Man created an app called Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got connected to the nations. So wow. that, that's a little bit about um, what, what my assignment is in the book. Queen's journey to destiny. Yeah. I, I Listen, you said so much. And as you were talking, I tell you, I say all the time, I say my God is so strategic because <laughs> he will bring back a conversation. And I was just having a conversation with one of my dear best friends yesterday. And when you were talking about your journey of still leading, even though you were experiencing this grief and loss, I had back five years ago, I buried my fiance at the age of 30. And I told my best friend yesterday, I said, I never understood why God wanted me to have a public grief. Like I was like, God, why are you allowing me to go through this publicly? Right? Like why 
does the world need to know what happened? And then why do you want me to write this book in the midst of it? And God literally said to me years later, it's five years later now, but he was like, because as a leader, you got to know how to lead while bleeding. You have to know how to keep leading even when yeah. you're going through because you don't yeah. get to stop leading because you're bleeding. So when That's you were right. talking about that, I was like, I'm like, God, thank you for the confirmation of what you just said to me last night, because I can truly say that if I hadn't written the book, which is called Defining Moments from Tragedy to Triumph. So when you said from tragedy to triumph, I said, okay, God, really? Um, because that's, that's a confirmation. The, right, because that's the name of the book. But I wrote the book five years ago when I was going through grief, only for God to send a mentee to come across my path five years later, who is now dealing with the loss of her dad. And God was like, had you not write the book, which was your blueprint on how to navigate through grief and loss, now you wouldn't have it for this young lady who I've placed in your path to mentor who now needs that same blueprint on how to navigate her own grief and loss because she just lost her dad. So when you say God don't make no mistakes, he don't. But in the moment of our humanness, we're like, why? <laughs> like, why do you want me to experience this right now, sir? So I, I just, I love what you have discovered about you in your process. Cause I think that's the beautiful thing about being processed by God is that even when it don't feel good, he still helps you to discover the things about you and why he called you to what he called you to. So I'm so excited about your future because you just blessed me and we've been talking for 20 minutes. So I know you're going to bless so many other people with this chapter. So we got to talk about the chapter because you, you kind of talked a little bit about it. So what are you hoping that people walk away with when they read there, your chapter? There's one one part in here I, I want to read, if I may. Sure. I'm, I'm talking about, um, because I start off talking about being on the front line. Mm -hmm. One, because I want everyone to understand, one, that it's never God that does what he does. We all are just dirt, and one day we're going to go back to the ground. Mm -hmm. But God does, God is so unique in that he has it has us in a place where he causes us to run to him yeah, rather than to run away from him. Yeah, I never blame God. I was upset with my son because I said, why would you leave? Mm. Um, when you knew how much you meant to me, yeah. my boys and my my mother and my siblings were my life. Yeah. But everywhere you saw me, you saw them. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you saw my mom, you saw them. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of that was my son. He was nineteen, <clears throat> and he told me um, some months after his brother died, he said, he told me that his girlfriend was pregnant. Mm. When I tell you that his daughter, she's 26 now, is a reincarnation of my deceased son. My God. When I tell you everything that he did, she did. Mm. He was 17 and still coming and getting in my bed when he would come in. And he would cross it his legs and thick his thump, stick his thumb in his mouth. She would do that when she was a baby. She would say, dumb mom. She said, you know what you got to do? I said, what I got to do? She said, you got to open your arms and let me dig in them. Mm. He would do the same thing. The, the Lord and I had a conversation and we laughed. And that, that's when he told me about, he said, Carolyn, you were grieving so I sent mm. this baby so that she could help you. Jesus. Mm. And so God doesn't make a mistake, but the trick of the enemy is for us to move away from God. But I went, I ran towards God because I was going to church, but the church wasn't in me. Yeah. 
But after that, I got closer. And that's when I began to hear the voice of God. I began to understand what God called me for. And I, I began to understand that my life didn't belong to me. It now belonged to God and the people that he assigned to me. And that's why I was saying, when you're on the front line, there are a lot of things that come. But let me just read a part of this that I wanted. Um, many of us have bent down and buckled our knees with our shield held up in front of us. Mm -hmm. Sitting behind your shield of faith while you have a barrage of arrows that are being thrown at you. These are things that the enemy, and then he sends people to throw arrows at you. Even the church begins to act crazy. But every time you think about it, the assault is over and you stand up and the arrows start all over again. Mm. The enemy and his imp shoot arrow after arrow at you, trying to afflict and wound your spirit. So if he can wound your spirit, you will never get up. Yeah, You will always be in a place where you're grieving, where you're struggling, where you're worrying about something. I remember five years of grieving and one morning in the shower, I told God that this thing was more than I could bear. Mm. instantly he took it he took it on my way to work the devil satan was my passenger and i remember satan saying to me see that tree it was a big old canopy oak tree in the road he said hit that tree the tree killed your son mm. my son my son ran off the road and he hit four trees and the car burst in flame. Jesus. But the beauty, the beauty of that was God had angels. Yeah. There was a man, a pastor. Mm. He said he didn't understand why he was late for church. Mm. He and a woman that was a nurse pulled my son from the car. As, um, as they pulled him from the car, she slit his throat. He was bleeding internally. He said he began to pray. And he said to God, God, this is someone's child. Don't let him die. He said, my son was laying there with his eyes turned towards heaven and his Jesus. hands open. And mm. as he was looking towards heaven, a cloud opened up. And my son's soul went to heaven. The, the, this man found me by the unction of the Holy Ghost. I was sitting on my sofa and I said to God, would my son make it to heaven? Not five minutes after asking that question, my phone rang. Jesus. This man introduced himself. He even came to the funeral. Mm. He told me that he scanned the phone book and he found a A.L. Washington, which turned out to be my son's God brother. He said the Holy Spirit gave him my son's name and my name, and he scanned the phone book. And he told me everything that happened, how the cloud opened up and my son's soul went to heaven. Jesus. So even though the enemy and his imp shoot all these arrows at us, trying to afflict us, trying to wound our spirit, trying to wear us down, trying to uh, scare us, and trying to scar us, tr because we're fighting battles mm -hmm. that don't even belong to us. Yeah. The battles that we're trying to fight, they come to wear us down and they come to leave scars. Many of us have scars, but we don't look like what we go went through. Yeah. Whenever I tell the story, I people meet me afterwards and they say, really, are you serious? But you're so powerful. Mm -hmm. Your mouth. I said, but it was God. 
that yeah. did it. I don't take the credit. So the weariness comes to cause us to put our shields down because we become discouraged and tired of holding it up. We are being attacked and wounded by the arrows that have come up against us, even though you're still holding the shield of faith up. You're still finding it hard to move past the scars, the rejection, the open wounds, the domestic violence, divorce, rejection, and the lies of the past. Mm. We still find it hard. <clears throat> but all God is doing is moving us from the place that we was. We're on a journey to a destiny. Come on. As queens, we got to first find our purpose. When I found out what my purpose was, why I went through, because I used to always sit back and, and I share this with young ladies. I sit back and I say, why didn't marriage work? Why didn't relationships work? I'm attractive, um, had good jobs, uh, educated. Why didn't marriage work? Why didn't relationships work? Why was I in domestic violence? Why did people not like me? Why did I have to deal with rejection in the church? Yeah. But it was all because there was purpose in me, but I myself didn't know the purpose. I didn't know what was in me. When you find out whose you are and whose you are. That's when you find out the purpose. I love, love the scripture, Romans 8 and 28, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Yes. When it says that all things work together, together for the good of them who love the Lord according to his purpose. Yes. I found out my purpose for why I went through what I went through, but it was so I could finally get to my destiny. My Lord. I, my have, Lord. Been, I have been saved in the church for real for 34 years. This August coming up will be 36 years mm. that I've been in the church but I finally found out what my real purpose was and what God really called me to not what man called me to but what God called me to yeah. I found that out three years ago just by having a conversation with God Yes. Just by allowing God to discipline me, thinking that I was being humble all these 30 something years. And I had a conversation with God some months ago when God said, Carolyn, you've been disobedient. And I said to him, How? He said, for 20-something years, you allow man to make you a house prophet. Mm. I didn't call you a house prophet. He said, I called you an apostle, a prophet to the nation. I love God's sense of humor. Yeah. But I also love his discipline. Mm -hmm. he, said, he said, Carolyn, you were obedient to man but you were disobedient to me. I began to cry. Yeah. You know why I cried? Because for 20 plus years, I've been humble to man. Mm. But I thought my humility was to God, but my humility was not to God. It was to man. Yeah. So when I found out that I had been humble to man and not to God, I began to cry. And I 
love God's sense of humor. After he disciplined me, he said this. You just park your car there too long, Carolyn. It's okay. You just park your car too long. <laughs> Sometimes we park our car too long. Yeah. We don't know that we're parked it too long. My Lord. After parking it so long and the discipline by God, I can laugh about it because I made myself and God a promise that whatever you say do, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to move. Yes. Because he is the one that knows. Yes. Sometimes I wonder, had I known what to do when my son was killed in an auto accident, would he lived? Would he have died so tragically? I had a dream, three dreams, but no one ever told me what to do with it. Wow. So, so now that I, discernment is so important because when we discern what God is saying, then we can move where God is taking us. Yes. And we won't, and we won't miss him. Listen. Woo, Miss Carolyn, listen, girl, you are, listen, I, I don't even have no words. I think you the first person to ever have me speeches on my own show, Miss Carolyn, because <laughs> I don't even have the words of just how your life story and journey is ministering to me. So I'm like, God, my God, just everything you have said is just like, I can I'm like, all right, Lord, I hear you. You don't have to keep, you don't have to keep talking to me like this through Miss Carolyn. I hear you. I, you know, like, and I let just me, thank you let me for give, that. Let me give you some nuggets though, um, that I put in the book. One of the nuggets, I'm I'm dealing with Queen's journey to destiny. Mm -hmm. One of the nuggets that I put is promise mm. that you will surely accomplish what has been spoken and it shall not die. Yeah. And I use Elijah and the Shudamite mm -hmm. that her son died and how the prophet laid on her promise and brought him back to life. Another nugget I use was process mm. a procedure that is a series of progressive and interdependent steps that you take to get an end result. Mm -hmm. Purpose is the reason for why you exist. It's your intended or desired result, the goal, the determination, and the resolution of how you get there. And Jesus. then I said, fulfill your purpose by recognizing what has taken place in your life that has distracted or hindered you. Let go and let God mm. and renounce, renounce anything that hinders, deter, or takes your focus off of what God says concerning you. Ask God to forgive you for going ahead of his plans and purpose for your life and examine you. And the last nugget is destiny. Your destiny can be defined as being fortune or predetermined course of, ev of events with an irresistible power or drive. It is predestinated and predetermined according to Romans 8 and 29. And I'm just gonna paraphrase it. That if, if God foreknew, then he already predestined you to be conformed to the mm. image of his son. Good God Almighty. Jesus. Listen, y'all get this book. I'm just, that's all I can say. 
Y'all get this book when it comes out because I promise you, listen, I, I can't wait to get the copy of the book. So before I let you go, Queen Carolyn, you got you got to tell the people what's coming up next and how can they connect with you? Okay. What's coming up next is, I wanted to save this for last. 27 years ago when my life changed, I heard a word. The Lord said, write a book called Birth Through Pain. Mm. The book has been very painful and so many things happened. The first time um, my granddaughter got a Trojan virus on the computer. The second time um, the uh, computer crashed. And the third time I wrote it out and... Um, I left it sitting on my dining room table and the air conditioned vent rained on it. So it smeared it. This time I saved it um, on a U several USBs. Mm -hmm. I've just started back working on it. The book deals with um, the birth of losing my son, but how God birthed ministry. It talks about the different phases of birth and how each phase of birth is how God bursts out what is in you. And as you sit on the birthing stool, what has become premature labor or you may have, may have lost uh, your baby. I talk about the different steps of going from losing a natural birth to how God birthed ministry in me. Mm -hmm. I've been working on the book off and on. And I saw this uh, collaborating with um, the other queens as a way of God pushing me yeah. to get my book done. This book should be coming out the um, end of December. I've been really working on it because I, I have my chapters. Um, it's just a matter of uh, getting the, the right publisher, but I, I should have it out by December. So you all look for the book. That's one of the projects that I'm working on. I'm also working on a um, journal, The Blueprint of Birthing Out Nations. And I have some um, prophets and um, apostle manuals that I've also been working on. And I should have those out by um, next year. I didn't realize, you know, it's good when you talk to um, different people. But I remember getting so many prophecies about me being a writer. I've always journaled, but I didn't know that my writing coins and sometimes I'll get sticky notes and just write what I hear. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was God's way of dealing with me. So, um, but yeah, that, those are some projects that I'm, I'm working on on top of um, actually launching my church next year. I love it. I love it. Well, definitely I got to stay connected and follow you because I want to know when the new book comes out. Cause wow, that I think the title alone just like captured me. So I know this is going to be such a powerful book. So tell the people how they can connect with you. You can connect with me through my email address. My email address is everything is lowercase. It's queen Q U E E N three, two, no, I'm sorry. Queen, Q-U-E-E-N, call. C as in cat, A as in apple, R as in run, L as in love, three, two, three, oh, three, at yahoo.com. Awesome. Well, Miss Carolyn, thank you so much again for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and just sharing your amazing journey, y'all. Make sure y'all get this book, Elevation to Queen Status, Next Level, by my girl, visionary author, 
Yolanda Mitchell and all her amazing co-authors. Okay. Y'all grab this book when it comes out next month. Thank you again, Queen, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. Thank you so much, uh, Queen Leah. I'm so humbled and honored. Thank you all for listening to me. Get the book coming out in December. Hit me up. I'll make sure that you get a copy. You get all the information, how you can get this book, how God took my grieving and he turned it into birthing ministry. Love it. Whew, listen, didn't I tell you Apostle Carolyn Washington was absolutely incredible, man? Listen, <laughs> I can't even wait to get my hands on the on a copy of this anthology because when I tell you this woman blessed me, she absolutely positively blessed me. So Carolyn, thank you so much for coming through the Hate Queen Thrive season three, sharing all that you shared. I mean, y'all. Y'all make sure y'all go follow her. Absolutely make sure y'all go follow her. Stay connected to her. Show up for her clubhouse every Sunday at 6 p.m. Like, yeah, this is someone you want to stay connected to. So y'all know what time it is. It's Thriver Nuggets time. And so for this episode of Thriver Nuggets, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, five lessons that we tend to learn when we experience loss, right? Because if you heard Carolyn's story and the loss of her son, right, there were some lessons that God, you know, really helped her to learn on her journey to discovering destiny, to going towards her destiny, right? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how experiencing loss not only can be challenging, but if we sit still enough and we pay attention there are some lessons that it, it is is there to teach us, okay? So the first one has to do the, deal with resilience and strength, right? So oftentimes when we experience loss of any kind, whether that's a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, the ending of a relationship, right? It really, the lesson in, in it is oftentimes revealed in our own inner strength and our own resilience, right? So it really can teach you how to face adversity, right? It can teach you all about your capacity to endure because sometimes we don't realize that we are stronger than we really give ourselves credit for, right? And then it also teaches us adaptability and how to overcome challenges, right? And so one of the things that we can do when experiencing loss is really begin to tap into our own strength, right? And the way we can do that is by recognizing and celebrating those times that we've made it through some difficult times. Because here's the thing, and y'all know I'm always transparent. When I went through the burial of my significant other at the time, Joseph, which was five years ago, right? I tell people all the time, Joseph waited for me before he took his last breath, right? And I literally, in the moment that I'm watching him on his, on the bathroom floor, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, just, just pray for him as he transitions. I begin to pray over his body, right? And I begin to whisper to him, I said, it's okay to let go. Not knowing that literally within the next two to five minutes, he was going to let go. So I recognized my own strength in that moment that the person that I loved and was in love with and engaged to be married to, right? I gave him the okay to release, to let go. And so sometimes in the midst of loss, we have to recognize those moments where we've made it through some difficult times because that was the difficult time. You couldn't have told me five years later that I would be in love again because I would look at you as you was absolutely crazy, right? And so... Sometimes the way that loss comes is to show you, yo, you're just, you are stronger than you really give yourself credit for. Like, seriously, you are strong and you are resilient more than you give yourself credit for. So that's one way. That's one way that we learn from loss. Another way is prioritizing what truly matters. So loss is a great way to teach us how to reevaluate our priorities right? It helps us to really start to put emphasis on what's important, what relationships are important, what experiences are important, what connections do we have that are important over 
the material possessions. Because a lot of times what we value as important is the shit that we have, right? The, the material possessions, the superficial stuff. But it's nothing like going through a loss to learn, like, there are some other things that are really important. You know, when Joseph died, I used to tell people all the time that death changed me, right? And for, for a long time, I used to think it, it changed me for the worse, right? And it wasn't until I had a moment of reflection that I realized that Joseph's death changed me for the better because I started to really begin to reflect on the things that truly mattered in my life. And I started putting my time and energy into those places. So it wasn't that the, that it changed me for the worse. It really helped me to open my eyes to being like, what are you really doing with your time? How are you really serving? How are you really showing up? Like, what are you really investing your energy in? And so it challenged me to look at my own priorities and be like, yo, are you really living your best life? Or are you just saying it because it sounds good? Sometimes that's a lesson that comes with loss is that we got to prioritize and really look at what really matters in this moment. Like, is it the petty arguments that you having with people? Or is it, you know what, tomorrow's not promised, so I need to let everybody in my life know how much I love and appreciate them. Just saying. All right. A third lesson that comes with uh, loss sometimes is empathy and compassion. So oftentimes when we go through a loss, whether that's a personal loss, a professional loss, a death, whatever it is, it oftentimes fosters empathy and compassion for others, right? Because we begin to take a step outside of ourselves and really realize that suffering is universal, right? It helps us to really begin to deepen our understanding of the human experience. I often think about the the greatest experience we had with that, right? And that was COVID, right? COVID and the killing of unarmed black people, black people in America, right? I always say, I said the tale of two pandemics because that's exactly what it was, right? But going through COVID was a universal suffering, right? Seeing unarmed black people being killed was a universal suffering. I think that was the first time in my, in my existence that I saw people of all races put put their pride to the side and come together in a place of compassion and literally protest all across this nation because they were like, yo, we are sick and tired of this shit. If loss does not bring out a sense of empathy and compassion in you, I have to question, are you human? Because oftentimes it is in the midst of a suffering, in the midst of something tragic that we begin to see like, yo, I don't have to go through this by myself. I can lean on other people. I can have this shared experience. COVID was a shared experience. We all was locked up. We all was at home, you know, talking about we locked up, they won't let us out. Every last one of us. But the beauty that came from it was how we began to unite, how we began to be compassionate, how we began to, you know, see that, yo, I'm not going through this this human experience by myself, how we began to protest with each other when another Black person was killed at the hands of a police officer, how we began to get in the fight together. I think we saw more unity during COVID than we've ever seen. And that's what empathy and compassion is. That's what that is what one of the lessons of loss is, is to show you that yo, you ain't gotta, you ain't going through this by yourself. Lesson number four is adaptability to change. So oftentimes loss comes with significant changes, right? So we have to learn how to adapt to these changes, right? And so this helps us to kind of really develop a flexibility. And an open mindset, right? You know, y'all know if I'm super transparent. I had to go through so many changes when Joseph passed away, right? And a lot of those changes were were internal, right? It was me having to get rid of my own rigid thinking. It was me having to um, 
what's the me having to change the way that I saw things, the way I was looking at life, the way I was looking at what was happening in my life, right? So I had to adapt and change. And so oftentimes loss helps you to embrace change. It helps you to really begin to cultivate that adaptability so that you stop looking at problems or situations or circumstances as um, why is this happening to me? Instead, and yet you begin to shift your focus to what? Why is this happening for me? Right? What is this here to teach me? That's one of the things that I always tell people. I took away from my year of grief and loss was that I started being able to look at life differently. And so, anytime I was faced with a challenge, it was okay, God. What is this coming here to teach me? Right? What am I here to learn from this? So oftentimes loss helps you to really learn some how to adapt to change. And then the last lesson that you can learn from loss is gratitude for the present. Okay. Oftentimes loss is serves as a reminder of just how short life is, right? And so it teaches you how to really appreciate the present, how to appreciate what you do have, who you do have, right? Really tap into that place of gratitude, okay? And so you want to make sure that you are cultivating gratitude as you are going through any type of loss. Listen, y'all know July of 2023, my car was destroyed in a drunk driving accident. Everybody that was involved in that accident, including my significant other, made it out alive. And so people were looking at me crazy because I stayed in a place of gratitude. Like people were just like, you ain't pissed that you ain't got no car. You ain't pissed. And I'm like, girl, bye. No, I can get another car. (laughs) I can't get another life. You know what I mean? And so even that loss for me definitely cultivated a a place of gratitude for me where I was just like, God, I thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful that every person involved walked out of that situation alive. I'm so grateful that my significant other is still here to tell the story. You know what I mean? Like I got into this place of gratitude and let me tell you what gratitude produced, because I think a lot of times we hear gratitude and people don't realize the power it possessed. Gratitude produced a new car in my yard within three weeks. No bullshit. And I didn't pay no deposit. I didn't have no down payment, no nothing. Literally, literally. Gratitude produced a brand new car in my driveway within three weeks, and I didn't pay no upfront costs. Because I could have focused on the fact that I no longer had a car. I could have focused on the fact that this car is now like what the circumstances surrounding the car. I could have focused on it, but instead I chose to focus on being grateful. And even when it got challenging and even when it got frustrating, because if you know anything about car accidents, insurance, get on your goddamn nerves. Right. And even when it got to that place, right. Of I want to pull my hair out. I still chose to remain in a place of gratitude. And literally one day as I'm sitting on my couch, the Holy Spirit says, go on Carvana. And I'm like, okay, Lord, (laughs) I go on Carvana and I'm just scrolling. I knew I wanted an SUV. That was something I knew I wanted. What kind of SUV? I didn't know. And I said, okay, God, you lead me. And literally, I was looking at three SUVs at the time. I kid y'all not. Looking at three, it was going to be either two of them was either a Nissan Rogue or I was going to get another Chevy. Now, backstory, my very first car ever was a Chevy. (laughs) So I'm a Chevy girl at heart. And so I literally was like, okay, God, I don't know. I kept going back and forth to the point where he had to make the decision for me because the other two cars that I was interested in, People, someone had already started the paperwork on it. So I end up getting a Chevy. And when I tell you, I was like, I got, I need the perfect car, perfect price. You know, you know, my, my financial situation, this is what I need. And literally, literally he gave it to me. And when I tell you, I signed everything online. I had no down payment, no nothing. Like Mind you, I didn't, even if I needed a down payment, and I didn't know where it was going to come from because I didn't have it at the time, right? But I stayed in that place of gratitude, and I praised them for it. 
And so even, even when my car was getting delivered to the location, like literally I was like, okay, they ended up delaying it. It got delayed. And I was, again, it's so easy to slip into that, Jesus, you know, I need a car thing. And I said, nope, delay don't mean a denial, God. So I thank you that it's on its way. It got to the location. I took an Uber over there and it was out the door in less than an hour driving my brand new car. Like, so you can't tell me that if you don't stand in a, stay in a place of gratitude, even in the midst of loss, even in the midst of challenges, that God don't move on your behalf. <laughs> like, because I'm a living witness that he will do it. And I promise you, this was before my insurance company even cut me a check. Like, was no payout, no nothing. But God knew my child needs a vehicle. And because she's choosing to stay in a place of gratitude, I'm going to reward her for that. Somebody needed to hear that story today. So listen, y'all, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. Listen, y'all definitely make sure that y'all come back. Season 4 kicks off January 2024. I cannot wait because I promise you we're going up a notch. Definitely make sure y'all follow the Queen Apostle Carolyn Washington. I love each and every one of you. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing holiday season. And we'll talk soon. Peace.